Stat Media Group, delivering logistics news since 1986. This is Cargo Masterminds from Stat Media Group. It's Monday and it's time to catch up with our new Cargo Mastermind. Hello and welcome to Cargo Masterminds. My name is Reggie John. We are almost at the first anniversary of countries around the world closing their borders with a very hard lockdown measures to contain the spread of coronavirus. The COVID pandemic has played havoc with the world economy, plunging the globe into the worst economic crisis since World War II. It disrupted the aviation industry like never before, with passenger flights almost to nothing. The crisis intensified for the air cargo sector as 50% of the total cargo capacity is in the bellies of passenger flights, which just disappeared overnight. And the world needed air freight badly to move critical goods around the world to deal with the pandemic. Crisis often brings the best in people and in organizations. In just about a year since the COVID became a pandemic, we have a vaccine, not one, but many, authorized for emergency use. The last one month, we have seen how the super product of the century, the COVID vaccine and vaccine flights are getting a rock star welcome at airports around the world. And I must say that it is difficult to miss an Emirates aircraft taking off and landing with precious COVID vaccines. They have done multiple flights carrying vaccines to different parts of the world. How did Emirates Sky Cargo, the cargo division of Emirates, bring its best to deal with the crisis? How did Emirates Sky Cargo, one of the top five cargo carriers in the world, as per IATA's 2020 World Air Transport Statistics, based on scheduled freight and kilometers, choreograph the return of the cargo capacity? How does the cargo carrier create capacities to make itself a preferred carrier for vaccine transport in the months and years ahead? With normalcy slowly returning, or human society slowly adjusting to the constantly changing circumstances around, how does Emirates Sky Cargo reposition its priorities for other key vertical businesses. To discuss this and much more, I am so pleased to welcome Nabil Sultan, Emirates Divisional Senior Vice President Cargo, into this episode of Cargo Masterminds. Nabil, welcome to the show. Thank you, Nija. Thank you for giving us the opportunity to, to come on your uh, network. Nabil, uh, it's been nine months since I spoke to you in my last interview. Uh, and you were actually in the, and all of us were in the thick of things in, in terms of a pandemic dealing with the crisis. Uh, and we have a vaccine now, you are vaccinated. I'm waiting for my dose. Bring us up to speed with the current cargo operations at Emirates. Uh, how have things uh, improved uh, since hard lockdown has been relaxed? Uh, Rija, of course, I mean, you know, the, the, the pandemic, no doubt has, has left a huge sort of impact globally uh, on 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 all the all the businesses uh, no doubt airlines have, have been the, the worst hit uh, as an industry but with with all of that of course you know we in cargo had to make sure that you know the capacity is is available to move you know essential goods uh, commodity that are absolute must and it needs to get to a different part of the world so, so no doubt, I think, you know, uh, if you recall in our previous discussion, you know, back in March, we had to immediately look at various areas where we can sort of provide the capacity, even though, you know, passenger demand have, have slowed down dramatically. Uh, and of course, by March, of course, our operation in Emirates have, have almost come to hold. 
therefore, of course, at that time, we had to immediately look at, you know, operating a lot of our passenger aircraft as cargo. And of course, with the unique equipment and, and aircraft that we have uh, as, as in Emirates, we immediately are able to launch our 777-300ER, uh, which is a great aircraft. Uh, it has the capability of uplifting almost 25 ton uh, when, when passenger on board of the aircraft, but without passenger, it even gave us the capability of pushing the, the uplift almost to, to, to double of, of, of that. And, and we're able to almost move 50 to 60 ton on some of our flights, uh, moving cargo across the board. Uh, of course, it was essential at the beginning to move absolute essential commodity, like, you know, simple as food. You know, it, it was absolutely essential to get some of these commodities around the world. A lot of the countries, especially around the Middle East, very much dependent on moving uh, food commodities uh, into, into a lot of these countries. Uh, th there are countries who are very much reliant on, on, on production markets to move you know, meat and food and different type of commodities. So it was essential to get all of that going. And then very soon, of course, we had to make sure that you know, we provide the sufficient capacity to move essential medical commodity or commodities and goods like the PPE and various other essential uh, products. So, so again, we had to make sure that sufficient capacity is available into you know, the Far East, China, uh, Korea, Thailand, where, where we're able to sort of pick up a lot of these commodities and move it to the rest of the world uh, as, as the rest of the world needed those sort of commodities uh, almost urgently. So, you know, that was the, the first, I think, six months of our operation where a lot of the focus was on moving massive amount of PPE, food, essential commodities, uh, and so on and so forth. Of course, as we progressed, you know, we've continued to operate more and more flight uh, in, into different parts of the world. Today, we cover almost about 130 destinations around the world. Uh, and of course, our passenger uh, flights have gradually started to come back since, I would say, November, December. So, so we've started to see a ramp up on passenger, and therefore, that has also given us more opportunity to provide that additional capacity into the rest of the world. But of course, the, the, the latter part uh, of last year and, and then the beginning of this year, we've seen the vaccine production started to move. And of course, at that has sort of started to come to effect, we also needed to make sure that sufficient capacity is provided to moving into a lot, you know, to move a lot of these vaccines urgently into, into different parts of the world. So, you know, that's that's how the whole story had, had sort of evolved, if you like. Nabil, how serious is the supply and demand mismatch uh, for, for Emirates as well as when you observe the global air freight industry? Is that still a serious concern? Well, I think just to put things in perspective, uh, you know, of course, a lot of the vaccines that move around the world today are required to move under certain uh, temperature control. And therefore, uh, you know, of course, the challenge and the difficulty is, is, is that, you know, there are limitations in terms of how much dry ice can you actually carry per aircraft. Uh, I, I mean, just to put things in perspective today, a lot of the vaccine that, that move today, so if you take, you know, Pfizer, for example, where they require a lot of their, 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 their uh, passive packaging to move on board of the aircraft with certain amount of um, uh, dry ice on, on each package, 
and therefore there is a limit on how much dry ice can you actually carry. You know, the maximum that you can put on a normal passenger flight in terms of, you know, uh, volume and capacity, you're talking roughly about, you know, four to five pallets per aircraft that you can uplift on a passenger aircraft. On a freighter, you can probably do a little bit more where it gets to about nine to ten pallets per aircraft. So even though you have the cargo capacity, you will, you know, you will not have the capability to, to move larger volumes. And, and that's where the constraint comes from. Having said that, I think, you know, the fact that we have a large and massive fleet of, of aircraft, uh, you know, it, it really gives us the capability of, of moving these vaccines as, as and when the production happens. Uh, I mean, so far, of course, we have not come across any uh, specific challenges with regard to providing the needed capacity to move the vaccine. But we probably also need to understand that right now, a lot of the vaccine movement uh, have not taken place yet because most of the vaccine, whether it be it's being produced within Europe, America, or or the producing or India, you know where the where the major vaccines being produced, a lot of the vaccine remains more or less within the same region. So if you look at Europe, for instance, a lot of the transportation for the vaccine happens with trucking, and therefore air freight is is not required. Same thing happening in the USA or in, in big areas or or in China or or in India. But to me, of course, the second stage of you know when when the when the vaccine will start to sort of uh, move uh, and, and then you will require air freight transportation to move it into a lot of this sort of developing nations, you know, throughout the Middle East, Africa, maybe Indian subcontinent, where air freight becomes essential. That's where we're going to probably require a much larger capacity to, to sort of move this vaccine as and when the production gets ready. Uh, this is the sort of commodity where obviously, you know, uh, as soon as the production happened, you would want it to move. Uh, there is no room for, for you know, for keeping it uh, until, until you know, you have, you have the transport is ready. So there is a huge responsibility and burden on us. It's, it's, a, it's a social responsibility on all airlines, all freight forwarders to, to sort of ensure that we do our best to work together in making sure that the sufficient capacity is available to, to move these vaccine in, in needed countries uh, to, to address the requirement. Nabil, I just want to take you back to uh, some specific uh, in terms of uh, uh, the number of uh, total cargo only passenger flights so far, how many 777-300 year aircraft have been uh, repurposed with seats removed to load cargo. Uh, and the number of A380 cargo charters, uh, I, I, I've heard that one one was, did you do more of that? If you can give us a little more details about those those numbers. Well, I mean, you know, we were, I mean, we were moving on, we were using purposely, I mean, passenger aircraft uh, of almost about, you know, 80 to 90 sort of passenger aircraft to, to move cargo. I mean, that's that's the level of of, 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 of production that we've had at the time. We were doing almost 2,000 sort of you know flights per week to be able to cater for some of these sort of uh, commodities and, and moving essential goods. So so you could you could imagine the scale of of moving um, and of course that all of that spreads over almost 130 destinations around the world. Of course we have also the the the, the, the 11 freighter that we use to move larger sort of quantity uh, of, of vaccines and, and other essential commodities 
as needed uh, and then sort of bring them to Dubai and then redistribute them to, to the rest of the world. So yeah, it's, it's, it's a massive uh, operation on a large scale. Uh, you know, Dubai has, has got a solid infrastructure today and capability as a hub uh, with purpose-built infrastructure to sort of accommodate uh, redistributing these vaccines uh, across the world. So, you know, we have definitely made use of that. Uh, and I believe that the, the coming period, it will even become far more interesting and challenging for all of us to, to make sure we get these vaccines in a timely manner. Nabil, are you more hopeful now that um, the passenger network would come back or the passenger traffic would return uh, uh, much faster than what you said maybe like six months back, what you thought in six months back? Well, I mean, it, it, it's yet to be seen. I mean, we're, you know, I think all uh, airlines are, are trying to do their best to see what can be done. Of course, you know, with the recent, uh, you know, third wave, of, of, of the infection that we have seen that has kind of slowed down things once again. Uh, but I, I think, you know, all airlines are trying to do their best to operate to more destination. But of course, with the lockdown situation that we're seeing that has taken place in different parts of the world, it has become a bit more difficult and challenging to operate into, into some of the countries. Having said that, I think most governments have, have seen the importance of, of keeping their airspace available, open for the cargo movement, at least to ensure that the commodity and the supply chain does not get impact, that the, does not get impacted. And therefore, you know, we've continued to sort of deploy that capacity where it's needed. But of course, you know, we're quite hopeful as, uh, you know, hopefully, you know, by, by the summer, if, if the, uh, the passenger demand start to come back again, hopefully we should have more frequency into a lot of these destinations and therefore providing that additional capacity that is needed to, to move the vaccine in a, in a faster manner. Correct me if I am wrong. I, I think at the beginning of 2020, you had uh, 12 777 freighters, and now you have, I think you retired one. Uh, as, as the person who heads the cargo division, would you be uh, extremely happy to have a couple of more freighters and uh, to play around at this time? Well, I mean, to be honest, we have not returned any of the freighter. I mean, just, you know, a correction. We we can we will continue to have 12 freighter. We continue to operate the 12 freighter. Of course, you know, I mean, some of our freighters uh, coming to the end of their terms. But again, that's still under negotiation to see, you know, whether we will we'll be extending those freighters. So, yeah, right now, I think, uh, you know, the, the demand is as such that most likely we will, we will continue to keep these freighters uh, going. But I think... What's also important to understand is that, you know, we're probably lucky to have our passenger aircraft. And of course, the 777ER and the capacity it provides, you know, we, we actually call them mini freighter because, I mean, without passenger, the capability of the 777-300ER is almost 50 to 60 ton. That is literally a half freighter load uh, in terms of capability. And, and the fact that, you know, we have now removed some of the seating uh, from almost about 17 uh, passenger aircraft. That literally gives you a half freighter load in terms of capability uh, that came in as an additional capacity. And then of course, on top of that, we operate the normal passenger aircraft where we use both the belly and the seating to, to sort of upload cargo. So, so yeah, I mean, in terms of capacity, I don't think uh, we have any uh, concerns really because we have the various type of aircraft 
that gives us uh, you know incredible capability uh, by all means. Nabil, would you be continuing to do the same uh, uh, repurposing the aircraft uh, as and when the when the demand uh, comes up? Yeah, I mean, obviously, I think you know we're we're measuring uh, the, the the demand on a regular basis to understand exactly how is it shaping up. But of course, I mean, you know, nothing will stop us from again removing seats from additional aircraft if, if needs be to to operate them as cargo. I mean, you know, that's that's the flexibility that we have with the with the A380, but with the sorry, with the triple seven. So. You know, it's it's been a great story, and I think uh, you know the fact that this aircraft has got such an incredible capability with cargo, especially when you don't have passenger. It just uh, it's incredible, and and you know we've really made use of of, of this of this aircraft. And how many A380 mini freighter do you have? Is it just one, or you have more? Well, I mean, you know, of course, the the A380 uh, again, you know, we have we're probably the largest uh, you know uh, holder of, of that type of an aircraft. We've been operating this aircraft as a charter for cargo, uh, especially with high commodity uh, value uh, products. Uh, when we actually, you know, run out of the triple seven, we we immediately deploy the A380. So, you know, it's, it's it has again proven to be quite successful for us. Uh, we've managed to secure large contract for essential commodity, moving things from almost you know the Far East into USA and and Europe. So it's been it's been again a great support and a backup when we needed that aircraft to deploy and and be able to ensure that at least we meet the capacity requirement. Now, well, coming to the vaccine logistic alliance, uh, that seems to be a collaborative uh, uh, project that is um, that is um, starting in different parts of the world, and this is uh, this is based out of Dubai. You have a multi-model approach, and uh, Emirates Sky Cargo comes in as the air freight stakeholder in the in the alliance. Uh, give us a little more of details as to how Emirates Air Cargo plays its role in the in the alliance. Sure, I think you know under under of course the directive of uh, the vice president and the prime minister of UAE, uh, the ruler of Dubai. You know, uh, of course we have we have you know he's directed us to sort of create this alliance. Uh, to ensure that we are able to facilitate uh, the vaccine movement into the developing nation over this coming period. Uh, and we all know that, you know, you have the entire Middle East, Africa, maybe part of Indian subcontinent, where we will require specific arrangement. And I think one of the biggest challenge that, that a lot of these countries probably face today, especially in the developing nations, is, is the fact that the infrastructure and the airport facility and, 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 the, and the cool chain facility into some of these airports are not in par with, with the requirements. So just to give you an example, I mean, if you are to land, you know, a full freighter load into, you know, uh, one of the African destination or, you know, it would be quite difficult for them to store such a large quantity of vaccine and be able to consume it over a period of time. So, so the, the, the whole entire alliance was, was to look at the logistics of how can we work with these developing nations and, and entities who can actually provide the solution for that. So, of course, part of the alliance, of course, we have the, the, the international humanitarian uh, uh, city in Dubai, which has been an expert in moving a lot of these sort of essential relief into some of these countries. And they're expert in this area. So they've came as part of also this alliance. 
We have DP World, who's provided massive sort of uh, storage capability in Dubai, and these are all fully cool chain GDP compliance facility. Uh, and of course, on the air side, we have our own uh, purpose-built GDP compliance facility, which also gives us an air side sort of capability. And Dubai Airport also came in and, and given us an additional facility. So combining all of these forces and, and knowledge and information about how to sort of, you know, bring in these vaccines as and when they're ready into Dubai and be able to sort of store these large quantities in Dubai and be able to almost move it uh, on a smaller quantity to a lot of these destinations so that we can almost move quantities for almost a day use or two, day, two days use and then continue to replenish uh, this destination using our passenger belly, our passenger network, almost on a daily basis, so that you know the infrastructure in this country does not become a major obstacle. Uh, that's the model. Uh, that's the solution that we're looking at. And of course, there's been almost a weekly update in terms of you know all the logistics that needs to be put in place to ensure that you know the whole entire supply chain and logistic for this vaccine. Uh, you know, gets to Dubai, into these final destinations, and then do the, the clearance, the last mile delivery into the hospital. So there's almost a daily replenishment of these vaccines with, with almost zero impact on, on, on the, you know, the, the, the quality and, 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 you know, the efficiency of, of, of these vaccines moving into these destinations. Nabil, uh, uh, how much additional investment have gone into this facility to make it GDP compliant and ready for the COVID vaccine transport? I mean, I, I mean, you know, in Dubai, when I just talk about, you know, the, the airside facility, I mean, you're talking at least about 700 to 800 million dollars that has been invested into in this infrastructure to create both at D, DXB and, and, and DWC at Al Maktoum Airport. So, you know, these are massive uh, sort of infrastructure. I mean, just to give you the scale between Dubai, DXB, and, and DWC, we're probably talking about at least 30,000 square meter area of absolute cool chain facility that is completely GDP compliance. We also have, of course, uh, the, 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 the reefers between the two airports, the cool dollies at the airport, to ensure that you know the, the, the temperature deviation is almost zero. Uh, throughout the whole entire supply chain while it's transiting through Dubai. So, you know, these are these are almost, uh, you know, essential for, for moving uh, the vaccine. But of course, you know, we shouldn't also forget that Emirates uh, and Dubai, uh, you know, we've, we've been moving, we've been a major player for pharma movement uh, in the world, where we've moved pharma in a larger quantity across the globe today, uh, simply because, you know, we have purpose-built facility process SOPs in place uh, that is absolutely uh, certified by by you know all European American standard and I think that's that you know building on that is what has given us this massive capability of moving the vaccine as well you know Nabil nine months back when I did the last interview one of my questions was about uh, how focused or uh, what is the role your other verticals uh, play and you said uh, there's no other verticals the old focus was on uh, on critical goods uh, now, nine months down the line, uh, how do you relook at your um, uh, other vertical businesses? Uh, is there been, has there been a much more attention paid to other key verticals uh, under Emirates Sky Cargo? Well, I think you know we, we've we've tried to sort of address 
uh, all the critical, at least verticals in, in, in the whole entire supply chain uh, basket, if you like. So, so of course, I mean, we've seen how essential, uh, you know, air freight played as, as a role at the beginning of the pandemic where, you know, food was the absolute essential commodity and, and getting essential commodity in relation to, you know, fruits and vegetable and, and different type of uh, food into a lot of the countries that have actually depended uh, on, on, on emirates of, of making sure that this food supply happens almost on a regular basis, but, but remains there. So, so, you know, at the time that was the key priority, but then things gradually shifted. What, you know, once, once the food kind of stabilized, we, we've seen, a, a, you know, a major shift in, 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 in focus and, and therefore, you know, the PPE came in and, and that became then the focal point of getting, you know, the respirators there, the oxygen uh, sort of uh, commodities and, and various medical equipment related to, to, to the, you know, to the COVID impact on, on, on humanity. So, so therefore, you know, getting these protective gears into a lot of hospitals, a lot of countries have became an absolute paramount for us. Uh, I mean, I remember, we, you know, we were literally moving charters into different parts of the world, big countries, small countries, just to make sure that all of these protective gears get to the hospital uh, as quickly as possible. So, you know, uh, people could be treated. Uh, it was a matter of life and death at the time. So, so you know, we've, we've addressed that in, in a massive way. And then, of course, we've seen a huge transition into now the vaccine and, and providing that sort of into, into the rest of the world. So it was essential to see how this sort of how this whole, uh, uh, you know, supply chain and logistic have sort of evolved and the priorities have changed. And therefore, you know, we throughout this whole pandemic has to also change and adjust to the priorities and make sure that our facility, our, our, our capability is, 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 is there, readily available to address these essential sort of commodity at any given time. You know, Nabil, one of the biggest uh, changes that we've seen in the pandemic because of the pandemic is, uh, is how people consume and how people do their purchase uh, purchases come the year shopping has become completely online not just for uh, non-essential but even for essential goods uh, and in 2020 19 in october you launched uh, emirates delivers uh, so e-commerce is a very critical part of your business uh, and you completed one year and uh, it's been a, a phenomenally successful division within emirates sky cargo how big this is going to be in your overall portfolio business well, of course, you know, you know, it's it's a no secret that e-commerce is, you know, growing exponentially around the world today. And and yes, I think online uh, buying have, have become quite massive uh, through different, you know, age brackets today into our consumer sort of market. So so we, you know, this is a vertical that will continue to grow. Uh, and of course, the essence of of e-commerce today is again is all about you know the reach. Uh, and the frequency and therefore our ability to sort of uh, be able to deliver these smaller packages uh, with the last mile delivery almost to people's home in, in, in the shortest span possible. And I think that's, that is something that, that is quite unique probably is to Emirates because I mean the fact that we have this vast network around the world with large number of sort of uh, you know fleet capacity and, and on top of that is, is the, 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 the frequency that we have into a lot of these different parts of the world. So, I mean, you know, we operate into 
major cities, secondary cities with, with nothing less than a daily flight. And that just gives us a huge capability today to move these packages uh, in, a, in a fastest way possible. You know, in about two months, uh, we complete the current financial year 2020-2021. Uh, so how do you expect to close the current fiscal? Well, of course, I mean, you know, uh, from a cargo perspective, uh, you know, I think I think we've, we've done fairly well. We, we've tried to do uh, the right thing, of course, throughout this whole pandemic. Uh, and therefore, the emphasis has been to ensure that, you know, we, we provide for the right commodity, we, we move essential goods and ensure that, you know, we meet our social responsibility. But of course, you know, cargo as an industry have done exceptionally well, of course, throughout this whole pandemic, simply because, you know, the demand was there. And of course, the passenger capacity have completely disappeared from the market uh, over, you know, overnight. So we had to make sure that, the, the, you know, the, the essential capacity is provided to move things. Now, of course, you know, moving forward, uh, you know, we, we will see how things fare out eventually. But yeah, I think, you know, looking at this year, uh, again, we, we see demand for cargo to continue over this probably coming year. Nabil, it's always a pleasure to talk to you because you understand the industry so thoroughly and uh, you have deep insights about what is happening in the global air cargo industry. Thanks for sharing your thoughts and insight. Hope to connect with you again soon. Thanks once again for being with us today. Thank you, Reggie. Thank you very much for giving us the opportunity. We really appreciate, I think, the time that you have spent with us. And I hope uh, we've, we've given some feedback that is of use to you and to your uh, followers uh, in your network. That was uh, Nabil Sultan, Emirates uh, Divisional Senior Vice President, Kagod. That's it from us at Stat Media Group. We bring Cargo Masterminds every Monday. Thanks for tuning in and come back on next Monday for a fresh episode. Have a nice day.